At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and Adam Burke filling in for James Salinas this week. And we're keeping an eye on the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. And there was a big sack for the San Francisco defense of Aaron Rodgers there on third down. So I believe that'll put Green Bay into a punting situation, Adam. Green Bay currently out in front of San Francisco, 10 to nothing. And indeed, they are in punt formation from about their own 35-yard line. Uh, the current live line on the Packers is 5.5. Of course, they closed as 3-point underdogs, so an 8.5-point shift here. Five and a half point favorites now coming down to the very end and make that the very beginning of the second quarter. The second quarter now underway, still about 14 minutes left in the first half. But uh, that was a big stop for the San Francisco defense because it looked like the offense of Green Bay was starting to gain a little bit of momentum. Yeah, but again, exactly what we talked about. You know, they're harassing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that Green Bay offensive line just not holding up well at all couple of you know missed coverages basically for the San Francisco secondary the, the two big 40 yard plays that kind of set Green Bay up a little bit this is a really big offensive possession for San Francisco though here take a good bit of the remaining time in the second quarter whether you get three or seven just go get something kind of get something positive rolling for that offense if you can and who knows may have to see more George Kittle carries on this drive 
And the first play of this possession is a bomb by Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's intercepted by Green Bay. <laughs> so, so much for uh, that. <laughs> yeah, there goes that uh, important possession for San Francisco on offense, and Green Bay will start on offense once again in San Francisco territory. 10 to nothing, San Francisco currently trailing, and now 13 and a half minutes left in the second quarter. All right, let's talk about this game. This was the most popular pick in the Circa Survivor Contest. Actually, I take that back. It was the most popular selection in the Westgate Super Contest and the fifth most popular selection in the Circa Millions Contest. And that was the Arizona Cardinals laying seven or seven and a half points. And it looked like for a while that a lot of people were going to lose that pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars actually showed up and came to play a little bit today. And how about the kick six? The 109-yard return of a missed 68-yard field goal attempt by the Arizona Cardinals. But Trevor Lawrence threw a couple of interceptions. One was a pick six. Arizona eventually gets the win, 31-19. And the game stays under the total by just about a point or a point and a half. Depends on when you got it. The total opened up at 46, but closed at 51.5. The Jags are 0-3, and the Cardinals are off to a 3-0 start. Yeah, again, speaks to the importance of getting a good number. This was one that I added to my card late today, wound up taking the over 51.5. And, and yeah, we got to 50 points in this game, but I don't know if we really should have. You mentioned the kick six, uh, the god-awful pick six from Trevor Lawrence uh, in that game. And Trevor Lawrence already has a major interception problem. Uh, very shoddy decision-making from him. Not very good coaching down there uh, in Jacksonville either. But you know what? These two teams only combined to go three for 20 on third down here in this game. Arizona one for nine. Jacksonville 2 for 11. The Jacksonville side, not that big of a surprise, but Arizona maybe a little sleepy coming west to east here in this one. Not very effective on third down. Still got the 31 points in this game. So I think maybe that kind of speaks to what they're able to do with Kyler Murray seemingly taking that next step. Yeah, a real struggle for a couple of the uh, rookie quarterbacks this year. The one and two draft picks in the NFL draft. Zach Wilson uh, with six interceptions in his last two games. And Trevor Trevor Lawrence, you mentioned a couple more today for the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. By the way, the Green Bay Packers have now moved it down well into San Francisco territory. Still 12 minutes left in the second quarter, and they are inside the 10-yard line, out to about the 8-yard line or so, uh, and now up to 8.5-point favorites in the live market. Your total back to 51.5. Green Bay currently holding on to a 10 to nothing lead over San Francisco. Arizona, by the way, on the division road next week to face the Rams. The line way back in June was the Rams by 4.5. The Jaguars, they will be seeking their first win now on Thursday night in Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals. And over the summer, the Jags were made a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I think it's going to be more than that come next week, Adam. This team, I, I said I didn't want to bet them this week. I think there are going to be opportunities uh, to bet on the Jacksonville Jaguars because you'll get some big inflated lines. They'll be an underdog most of the time, if not throughout the rest of the year. Uh, and, and they're going to show up. It looked like they were going to for a minute today, but... I wanted to assess because, you know, this team has been in disarray. I thought they looked a little better today, a little bit more like a cohesive unit, but it's not there yet. No, it's definitely not there yet, and, and the Bengals look good. I mean, obviously the Steelers don't do. look great, but the, the Bengals look very good today. Joe Burrow, you know, one of the things that was interesting was all the talk in the preseason about Joe Burrow was looked a little bit tentative, you know, mm -hmm. kind of throwing off his back foot a little bit, not really stepping into throws. He stepped into some throws today, and he looked really good in the process. I know Pittsburgh doesn't have T.J. Watt, so that kind of changes the dynamic of the game. But, you know, again, now you've got a similar situation to what we had on Thursday night this week with a first-time NFL head coach 
and a rookie quarterback, and it didn't go very well for Houston. We'll see how it winds up going here for Jacksonville on Thursday night. Yeah, I thought Cincinnati was very impressive, and we'll get to that game a little bit later in the program. Let's uh, talk about the Chargers and the Chiefs. What a game this was. Justin Herbert and Los Angeles were getting a full seven points, and they win it outright at Arrowhead, 30-24. to And we talked about how interesting the final five minutes of this game was. Chargers were looking to go for a score down by three. They had to settle for a field goal to tie the game at 24. Patrick Mahomes then gets the ball going the other way, and he throws an interception with about three minutes left in the game. The Chargers get it back. They drive it down. And again, rather than bleeding the clock and trying to bleed Kansas City out of all three timeouts, they throw a touchdown pass from about the five-yard line or so, about 30 seconds left in the game. Kansas City still has one timeout and 30 seconds left in the ballgame. And you've got that guy named Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline. They miss the extra point. So, you know, with 30 seconds and a timeout, Mahomes could have driven his team down the field for the win with a touchdown. It did not work out that way. But risky business, the Chargers, again, end up winning 30-24. to uh, But that was a little bit of uh, questionable management there by Coach Staley. It was a little bit. I think he kind of got himself caught in between. You know, I talked about it in the, in the segment we talked about Coach of the Year. I, I appreciate the aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of, you know, going for it, of frankly thinking three, you know, probably isn't enough. Even though, as you said, they could have bled the clock down, kind of used up those Kansas City timeouts, all of that. But, I you know, I kind of understand that a young guy trying to put his stamp on the team, trying to, you know, instill confidence in his players and kind of build everybody up a little bit. Here's the thing. I don't know how much... That you know, we obviously we read a ton into this game, but Kansas City loses by a possession, had a chance, as you mentioned. Kansas City minus four in turnover margin in this game. They had 33 first downs in this game, only managed 24 points. So, you know, I think it's kind of tough to sort of look at this one and kind of decide what it means in the grand scheme of things. Where if Kansas City takes care of the football, they probably do win this game. They don't give up 30 points in all likelihood. They did, and they haven't really looked apart here in any of their three games so far. So I think it's a really tough game to kind of read from, but you know, at least we're getting some more data points on both of these teams. The Chargers will host Monday Night Football next week against our own Las Vegas Raiders, and the Kansas City Chiefs will go to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Kansas City was installed as an eight-point favorite over the summer. Of course, the Eagles haven't played yet. They will play on Monday night. By the way, a good defensive stand there in the red zone for San Francisco. They're going to force a Green Bay field goal attempt here, and Green Bay will try and go up 13 to nothing. Currently 10 to nothing in favor of the Packers, and they have moved back to five and a half point favorites in the live market. Your total dips way down now to 44 and a half. Uh, Let's talk about the Saints and the Patriots, and uh, thankfully this was one I was on the right side of. I... uh, Found it very odd that the Patriots were installed as a three-point favorite. This game was really domination. Uh, The defense looked excellent for New Orleans. The running game was clicking. The pass rush was getting to Mac Jones. They forced him into three interceptions, 28-13 to the final. And uh, New Orleans wins outright as three-point underdogs. The summertime line on this one was the Saints favored by a point. And when I did my exercise where I make my own lines early in the week, I made this a pick'em at worst. I was kind of teetering between New Orleans as a one-point favorite or a pick'em ball game, and I thought that effort against the Jets last week for the Patriots was not that impressive. The Jets' defense has been pretty good. Uh, they forced New England into four field goals last week, even though the Jets handed them four interceptions. 
So, and I expected New Orleans to bounce back off of that loss that they took to the Carolina Panthers. That was an awful situation that they were in. And uh, sure enough, they, they responded. So uh, that was a big win for New Orleans on the road at Foxborough. I'll kind of take a little bit of a glass-half-full look with the Patriots here. I thought Mac Jones played pretty well today, honestly. I mean, the one interception, the pick six, actually, was off the receiver's hands yes. and then wound up getting returned for a touchdown. I think Mac Jones makes, overall, some pretty good decisions with the football. I've seen more good throws than bad throws here, certainly. Obviously, they only had 13 points in this game. And, you know, the Saints, another one of those games where the Saints really benefited from turnovers. And, you know, forcing turnovers is a skill to a certain degree. But, you know, we saw it in week one with Green Bay where the Saints scored a bunch of short field touchdowns. They had the pick six today. They had another nine-yard touchdown drive. So I don't know if I'm super impressed with the Saints at this point in time. I'm kind of wondering if perception gets a little bit higher than reality on them, and maybe we get the chance to fade them a little bit here as we go forward. But again, that defense is making plays, and I guess that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, no, and uh, the Patriots, I think, maybe are a bit overvalued coming off of that win over the New York Jets. As I explained, I don't think they were all that impressive in this game, and, and I agree with you. I mean, we've seen two performances out of the Saints where they look dominant. And I think in that week one game against the Packers, that was a big part of that was the fact that the Packers were just absolutely lethargic and unprepared. And today, I think they caught a Patriots team, or at least from a line perspective, that was overvalued. And I agree with you. I don't think Mac Jones looked that bad at all. He was just under duress. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really more the offensive line and the defensive line for the Patriots, not their inability to stop the run. Um I think looking at it, though, the Saints absolutely look like the better team. We'll see if that's the case going forward. You know what I think is really tough, and maybe we could talk about this in one of the upcoming segments, a lot of Jekyll and Hyde performances from a lot of teams around the NFL so far. I think it's kind of hard to read you know, what a performance actually means in some cases. What goes up must come down. The NFL, absolutely a seesaw affair. More of the Pro Football Blitz coming back on the other side. Adam and Brady at VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything vsin has to offer for only 22 bucks per month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. You and I both missed that fourth down play for the Green Bay Packers there. As I mentioned, the San Francisco defense held the Green Bay Packers there. They were faced with a fourth and one situation, and I guess they either missed the field goal or they went for it and didn't make it. We didn't see it there on our screen, but San Francisco has the ball back with about nine and a half minutes left in the second quarter. They just converted a first down, and the live line is frozen on my screen. Currently, the Green Bay Packers, nine first downs in this game to just two for San Francisco. The defense is really doing their part. Other than the couple big plays in the secondary, we thought San Francisco's secondary was going to be a weak point. The San Francisco running game has been a weak uh, spot right now for San Francisco so far, but the Green Bay offensive line has been a weakness for Aaron Rodgers and company as well. The live line is back up. Green Bay currently a five and a half point favorite in the live market, 10 to nothing in favor of the Packers. Second down coming up for the San Francisco 49ers again with about nine minutes left in the second quarter. Adam, let's take a look at at a few of these significant injuries that happened today in the NFL week 3. You were just and I you and I were just talking about the uh Colts and the Titans game and I thought the Titans looked pretty decent. Uh, I I didn't think the Colts looked very good at all. They had a couple of moments um but I think that team really has some troubles. Um, and maybe that's a little bit of an indication why Tennessee looked a little better than maybe they really are, but Right now, they are, are without A.J. Brown, their star wide receiver, to hamstring. And 
Uh, Julio Jones, I believe, left that game for a portion as well. I'm not sure if he came back, but uh, they could have some problems at wide receiver. Yeah, they absolutely could. And, you know, something that I really picked up on as I was watching is Ryan Tannehill ran a lot more today than he has in, in a lot of his previous games. And he looked very slow in the process, by the way. But, you know, Tannehill having to scramble, I mean, I think that's kind of indicative of the fact that the Titans are having some issues creating separation with their wide receivers right now. And, you know, that's certainly a concern going forward because we talked about it last week when we were together that, you know, Tennessee is a team that their defense is not good. Mm -hmm. And and it's crazy how bad they are with Mike Vrabel, a guy who's supposed to be a defensive-minded guy. If they don't have those wide receivers to create separation, if Tannehill's going to have to be out there running to extend plays, gain first downs on scrambles, not a good look long-term for Tennessee. I'm kind of getting to a point where I think I'm going to have to start fading the Titans. Tough today with Carson Wentz being hurt, but you know I think that you may want to look to fade Tennessee moving forward here. And uh, their opponent today, of course, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans win and cover that game. But Quentin Nelson, the all-pro, all-world offensive lineman for the Colts, injured his ankle, and he had to leave the game. And the tough part about this one is... Not necessarily an ankle sprain like uh, Carson Wentz had a couple of them, but a high ankle sprain. And that's usually not something that you recover from quickly or even a week or two, but oftentimes a high ankle sprain can be as many as eight weeks. Yeah, and that would be a devastating blow for the Colts, to be sure. I mean, Carson Wentz, for as long as he's playing with the bum ankles, he's not very mobile. He's not very mobile to begin with anyway. But this is another one of those situations where when an offensive line loses one of its you know cornerstone key cog kinds of players, Look for cluster injuries because those are things that are going to make that offensive line even worse. Indianapolis, a team that's dealt with a bevy of injuries for about as long as we can remember, I think, Brady. I even mentioned to you during the break that the Colts feel like the Mets of the NFL. (laughs) We're just everybody's hurt year in and year out. So keep a close eye on that. The Nelson injury in a vacuum is a big deal. But if they lose additional offensive linemen, then it becomes a really, really big deal. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton, I believe, is uh, going to start practicing this week, but he has not been a part of that offense, and he has been a a huge difference maker for that offense. I remember back to the days when Jacoby Brissett was there filling in for Andrew Luck after he retired, and whenever they were without T.Y. Hilton, it was a huge deal. Michael Pittman and uh, Paris Campbell have been banged up, so the Colts definitely have some issues, and if Quentin Nelson is not available, that is really going to compound those problems. Uh, The Patriots lost running back James White to a hip injury, and uh, a couple of wide receivers banged up for the New York Giants as they fall to 0-3, Adam. Sterling Shepard, a hamstring, and also Darius Slayton, a hamstring injury for the New York Giants, adding injury to insult. Yeah, you know, and for the Giants, I mean, Sterling Shepard is, he's an impact player with the ball and without the ball because of the attention that he commands. If he's not going to be out there next week and he was kind of grabbing at it, sort of hobbling around the sideline a little bit, that's a huge loss for this offense because they are short on weapons. I mean, I know that Saquon Barkley is is a guy that has the game-breaker potential, but he hasn't really shown it here of late, and of course he's coming off the ACL. So it's one of those things for the Giants where they're already limited on offense. If Shepard's less than 100% or not even able to go, then they're that much more limited. And also Derwin James, the safety for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Apparently he is banged up with a shoulder issue. We'll see how that goes uh, for the star and the secondary there for the Los Angeles Chargers. And it was a big deal 
for that secondary to play a good game today, obviously against the prolific offense of the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, but it all worked out for Los Angeles in the end. We'll see how that injury to Derwin James goes. You know, of course, he was out for just about the entire year last year, I believe, and, you know, you hate to see... I hate to see any player injured, but I, I like to see... The best players, you know, for the best teams, always at full strength, because that's how I want to see these teams compete against each other. It also makes it more difficult for us, I think, as handicappers, when, you know, you have a, a number of these players have to leave games and they're out for multiple weeks and whatnot. Um, it's just not really the way I like to enjoy football. No, I completely agree with you. And, and furthermore, with a guy like Derwin James next week playing the Raiders, I mean, is was that going to be their answer to Darren Waller? And yeah, if so, that's a great then call. you really have to pivot now if you're the Chargers here defensively. So yeah, that would be something to watch throughout the week, to be sure. All right, let's take a look at uh, your best bets. I know you had some bets earlier today, and then my contest plays. Uh, I'll start with my contest plays. Uh, for our Sansu C team in the Westgate, we're trying to go 3-2 and two here. Uh, our early games, uh, we went, uh, let's see, we went one and two in our early games, and then we've got uh, the Eagles coming up on Monday night as well. We took the Eagles uh, in the Westgate, they were plus four, kind of interesting. In the Westgate, they were plus four, and in Circa, they were uh, plus three and a half. So I thought uh, that was probably a good play by our contest team for the Westgate um, because there was certainly some line value there when the market was at three and a half across the board, and I think it might go to three, and you were able to get that four in that contest. And it was a pretty popular pick in the Westgate Super Contest, I think, for those exact reasons. Uh, we were seven and three coming into the week, so we're off to a good start. Hopefully that holds true uh, in the Circa Million Contest. I'm also trying to go three and two there and also have the Eagles plus three and a half in that, con uh, in that contest. So... I'm going to be, uh, it's going to, Monday night's going to get my full attention there, and I'll be an Eagles fan. How about, how about you? How'd you do today? Yeah, today was a little bit of a tough one. I think, as I mentioned, I had Arizona and Jacksonville over the 51 and a half, and it didn't really deserve to get there based on the offensive stats. But at the same time, I mean, I, I never expected the Cardinals to go one for nine on third down. Jacksonville only two for 11. You know, it's very tough to hit an over when you've got a lack of third down success. So that was one of them there. Did take the Chargers there, uh, plus the six and a half early in the week. Wasn't sure it was going to get back to seven. It wound up getting there, but the Chargers winning that game outright. And then one that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit with you, Brady, I took Washington this week, mm. and, and I did get Washington in that plus eight, plus eight and a half range, due in large part to the fact that that game had a total in the mid-40s. And I felt yeah. like, okay, yeah. if this is going to be a game with a low-scoring expectation, I don't need Washington's offense to do a whole lot. You know, Washington's defense had very good numbers last season, as we know. So it was one of those plays where I thought, okay, low-scoring expectation, getting over a touchdown, that's something that's you know of interest to me. Washington's defense looks bad. I mean, they look really, really bad. Josh Allen completely shredded them today. Uh, that game, of course, flew way over the total by about 20 points. But you really need to reevaluate Washington, I think, at this point in time, Brady. I'll tell you what, uh, speaking of flying under the total, it looks like the Green Bay-San Francisco game is headed that way right now anyway. The in-game total moves to 39.5 as San Francisco is punting here on 4th and 6th. They were right around midfield, I believe maybe still a little bit in their own territory. They had something going offensively there and eventually stalls out. Kyle Shanahan had 4th and 1 there just on the wrong side of the 50-yard line, and he elected to punt it. So the Green Bay Packers will go back on offense once again. About five minutes left in the second quarter now. Still 10 to nothing, and your in-game total once again now down to 39 and a half. 
Is this maybe a spot, Adam, where you would jump on the over? I mean, you have to look. This uh, game closed about 10, 12 points different from where the line is currently. I think it's tough. I mean, if Kyle Shanahan's not going to be willing to run the ball in short yardage situations, I mean, that's the second one. We talked about the third and one where we wind up throwing and Garoppolo threw it high. Now we get a fourth and one with a team who wants to be physical and run the football, opts not to do it, opts to give it back to Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know if I could jump on the over here in this one, Brady. I, I think Shanahan's play calling is very indicative of where he thinks his team is at right now offensively. Or certainly where he thinks his running game is. Uh, maybe more problems. You know, we talk a lot about Kyle Shanahan can just plug anybody in there and they're going to have success. Apparently that is not the case tonight. Again, Packers back on offense, deep in their own territory. Under five minutes now left to go in the second quarter as Aaron Rodgers throws incomplete, trying to hit Devontae Adams there on first down. It'll be second and ten. Packers up ten to nothing when we come back. We'll go over my best bets for the day. I had a pretty good day, Adam. Knock on studio wood here, marble, whatever it is. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, total, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that vsin is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and Adam Burke with you inside the Pro Football Blitz on a Sunday evening here. Keeping an eye on the Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. Currently 10 to nothing in favor of Green Bay. Just about two and a half minutes left in the first half, and Green Bay currently has the football on offense. Aaron Rodgers with a strike for a first down conversion there to Devontae Adams, his favorite target so far this evening. Devontae Adams and Rodgers hooking up on the only touchdown of the game a little bit earlier. Packers currently out in front 10 to nothing. Again, down to the two-minute warning now in the first half, and your in-game line is 5.5 in favor of the Packers. Your total still holding there at 39.5. Adam, earlier today uh, on the Saturday program, we always go over James Salinas and my best bets uh, for the weekend heading into the NFL. And uh, I had a pretty good week. I went 2-1, uh, and one, and I think I've gone 2-1 and one, uh, all three weeks now on the program. But my first one was a two-team six-point teaser, and I teased the Cleveland Browns down to one, and I teamed the, uh, teased the Los Angeles Rams up to 7.5. Obviously, both of those cash. And I really liked those plays. Obviously, they go through the 7 and the 3, uh, I did the Cleveland teaser when it was at seven, so technically it doesn't go through the seven, uh, but through the three for sure, down to Cle- uh, down to one on Cleveland. And then the Rams truly did go through the three and the seven, up from a one-and-a-half-point underdog, up to seven-and-a-half points, and of course they went outright by ten over Tampa Bay. But two very good teams, I think, in favorable numerical situations there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think teasers are very, very effective in the NFL, and we had a lot of teaser candidates here today. You know, you had teams like you could have teased Atlanta. I know a lot of people, I think just about everybody at the network here, had the Panthers in some sort of teaser, taking them down from eight to two or eight and a half to two and a half, something like that. Uh, Getting the three and seven is very important, but also too, Brady, now that they've had the extra point pushed back for what, five or six years now, teams having to go for more two-point conversions, all of that, 
Four, five, and six have also become more important mm-hmm. because you're getting some different scores. You're getting some missed extra points. Uh, you're getting some, you know, more coaches maybe being a little more aggressive on fourth down, bypassing the field goal opportunities, stuff like that. So those single-digit numbers in that three to seven corridor, all of them very, very important. And you know, I actually wrote about teasers today uh, in the subscriber newsletter for vcin.com talking about some teaser strategies, kind of things that you want to look for, including what you're referencing, the Wong teaser going through three and seven. Uh, you know, a lot of valuable information if you if you subscribe over at vcin.com. That includes the best bet email newsletter and also my Burke's betting blurb segment that I've been adding to that over the last week or so. Yeah, you know, I've been a fan of teasers for a while now, and I've always said, in fact, I had a friend tell me a long time ago, uh, and, and I don't know if it's still the case because we've seen teasers get more expensive. They mm-hmm. used to be at minus 110. A two-team, six-point teaser in the NFL was at minus 110. Now we've seen them go to minus 120, some books even charging minus 130. So from a value standpoint, I still don't know if it is the most uh, you know, advantageous bet you can make in the sports book, but that it did used to be when it was at minus 110. And you think about it. You and I were talking about this before the beginning of the show how tight that NFL market is and how tight those NFL lines are. And if you can skew that by six points, that is a big deal. Well, it's a huge deal. Absolutely. You know, like for example, today, I mean, it wound up pushing, but you know, taking the Ravens down, you know, below a touchdown down below a field goal, even against the lions. It's not that, you know, those two teams are close and that I felt like I needed, you know, the six points or something like that. I was a little bit worried about the spot for Baltimore. I was a little bit worried about Mm -hmm. their injury situation coming off the Kansas city win and all of that. It does give me some more margin for error where I know they're the better team in that game. I don't have to have them win by more than a touchdown. Just have them win by, you know, more than a field goal. So, you know, those are situations you could take a look at too, where if you think a team's going to start slow, maybe coming west to east, you're going east to west, something like that, kind of gives you a little bit of time for them to get into rhythm, kind of figure things out. That's another way that you can apply teasers, not just from a mathematical standpoint, but just from your handicap of the game and kind of you the way that you expect things to play out. Aaron Rodgers finds Devontae Adams again, and it'll be first and goal for Green Bay. Looks like he was pushed out around the five-yard line there. About the one-minute mark left here in the second quarter, uh, but Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on the move again, currently up 10 to nothing out in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. Uh, another bet I had, and this turned out to be a bad one, and that was the Jets plus 11. They lose 26 to nothing. And you were kind of alluding to this with your bet on the Washington football team. You had a very low total, and yet you were catching a lot of points. That's the same thing here. And we were at a point in the game, a few points in the game, where all the Jets really had to do was score once, maybe twice, and they probably could have covered this number. And one of the reasons I bet on the Jets is because I thought their defense looked really good last week against the New England Patriots. They forced New England into four field goals. And this offense, or this defense, could run out of gas here pretty soon because the offense has them on the field the entire game. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. And look, I mean, Zach Wilson needs to bail them out a little bit. He he has to do something. They have to figure something out. It's not really that big of a surprise that their defense is pretty good with the the hire of Robert Saleh. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, you can take a good defense and make them below average by making them play all game long. And to your point, once again, good red zone defense for the Jets today. Yeah, Broncos got there five times, only scored two touchdowns. That's a situation where getting 11, you should be in the game more than you were. So I can't fault you for that one, and I can't even fault you for making the play based on how the game played out. And I imagine if you could run it back tomorrow, 
you'd probably end up on the Jets again if they were still plus 11. Yeah, I think they forced uh, the Broncos into four field goals once again today. And and Teddy Bridgewater, we know he's not going to necessarily light up a scoreboard. Once again, he looked very efficient. Um, And again, I thought the Jets' defense played a great game. You look at, they gave up 26 points to the Broncos, 25 points to the New England Patriots, and they held the Carolina Panthers to 19 points. Mm -hmm. Those are three pretty darn good teams and they're averaging giving up 23 points a game. I think if you do that as a defense with the way points are scored in the NFL these days, that's pretty good on that side of the ball. But the offense for the New York Jets absolutely has to show up. They didn't show up at all today. Uh, Threw up a goose egg there in the Mile High City. The last bet I had was the Detroit Lions at plus nine, and we talked about this one a little earlier. You go from that winning outright as an underdog to the role of a road favorite. I didn't like that situation for Baltimore. Wanted to go against them there. By the way, the Packers into the end zone there. Aaron Jones on a rushing score with about, uh, I think, 30 seconds still left in the second quarter. Make that under a minute now, just under a minute. San Francisco may have one more opportunity here on offense, but that is 16 to nothing now. Green Bay out in front of the San Francisco 49ers. The extra point is pending. Uh, but we talked about that situation, the role reversal as far as underdog to favorite for the, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And I also thought it was a little bit of being inspired. Despite all the injuries that they had, they were absolutely inspired. Next man up, rally the troops type of situation against the Chiefs. But then back to reality today, and the fact is we have a lot of injured players. And no matter who the opponent is, in this case the Detroit Lions, and that line nine points was obviously pretty inflated. Yeah, it was. And, and another team here today, another pretty good offense in Baltimore, going one for 10 on third down. Wow. So we saw Arizona have an issue with it. We saw Baltimore have an issue with it here. And and those are against two bad defenses. So, you know, to me, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag. If you see some good offenses struggling against defenses like the Jaguars, like the Lions, the Lions very undermanned in the secondary themselves. But, you know, again, another great look by you. They're taking a lot of points in a game with a low scoring expectation. And again, the situation kind of presented itself as well, where Baltimore probably not going to put its best foot forward in a spot like that. And they certainly didn't. I mean, they they were a historical outlier away from losing that game outright. Oh, man. That, I mean, if you had Detroit on the money line, or if you had Baltimore on the money line, it, it was cheers and jeers. I mean, that... Uh, Survivor you, you pick. There you go. Yeah, and, and Baltimore, I, I've got it in my notes here. I have to double check, but uh, I want to say there was around 50 or so, maybe around 100 people that were on the Ravens in the Circus Survivor contest. So... There's a good sweat for you. Yeah, and again, that delay a game that wasn't. I mean, that yeah, would have yeah. you know, changed the outcome of that game for sure. you got to have a little luck on your side as well. You mentioned you had the Chargers. That was a winner. You had the over in the Arizona-Jacksonville game. That was a loser. And then you also had the Washington football team. Did you have uh, any other bets today? Yeah, I actually took Tampa Bay today too. Ah. So that was one that came up on the short end for me. Phenomenal performance by the Rams. Very, very impressive. You know, I was concerned coming into the game that the Rams didn't have enough options alongside Cooper Cup or mm-hmm. uh, Cooper Cup. But you know, Stafford spread the ball around. The defense played well. Uh, maybe Brady missed Antonio Brown a little bit, but you know, very, very impressive performance from the Rams, and one that will make me think differently about them going forward. To to finally really get tested and look like that. I think that was really impressive for them. I tell you what, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out and say they we really missed Antonio Brown, give me a break. How many good wide receivers does he have on that team? And Cameron Brait, I know Gronk was out of that game for a little bit, but uh, boy, they have a lot of good weapons 
on that offense in Tampa Bay. We'll come back with more of the Pro Football Blitz in just a moment here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and Adam Burke with you here on a Sunday evening, keeping an eye on Sunday night football between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. Green Bay went down and got an Aaron Jones run for a touchdown to make it 17 to nothing over San Francisco. The final minutes of the first half. Then San Francisco got a really nice kickoff return coming back out to about midfield. And Jimmy G has the offense going once again, trying to put one in the end zone before the half. 22 seconds left in the quarter, and San Francisco looks like maybe a timeout on the field here. They're at about the five-yard line of Green Bay. Again, currently Green Bay leading 17 to nothing here over San Francisco. And the live line is Packers minus eight and a half and your total now back up to 46.5 with the San Francisco 49ers threatening. Adam, what do you think about Green Bay minus 8.5? I mean, would this be a point where you'd want to look at San Francisco? Yeah, I'm kind of starting to think about that as we're sitting here, Brady. I mean, obviously you kind of want to get in on it now in case the 49ers score this touchdown because the line will move, but the 49ers also get the ball after half. So if they can score here and then put together a good scripted drive coming out of the intermission, Maybe this is a 17-14 game all of a sudden. They can kind of get back to what they want to do. So they are back on offense right now. It is third and five, and they're at about the six-yard line is San Francisco uh, trying to even up this game or get on the board, rather, are the Niners before this goes to half, and Jimmy G <laughs> throws incomplete there. Another pass interference. This is becoming all too common, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the guy begged for the call after he got up, and then all of a sudden the ref basically handed him the flag and said, here <laughs> Got to go. keep it close, Adam. Got to keep this one interesting. We can't we lose the audience. We need another prime time here. over. That's right. That's right. Another prime time over. Didn't one uh, finally go under? Yeah, the uh, the Thursday night game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, five and one, or no, six and one, I believe, to the over are the prime time games. All right. Let's talk about a game that happened earlier today, and you and I touched on the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals uh, were pretty darn impressive today. Of course, they lost to the Chicago Bears in Week Two. They beat the Minnesota Vikings in Week One in overtime, and they go into Pittsburgh. I mean, they historically have never performed well against the Steelers, and especially in Pittsburgh. They get the victory outright today as three-point underdogs. And uh, Jamar Chase, man, we were talking about coach of the year. How about this guy for rookie of the year? Oh, yeah, outstanding. And and him and Joe Burrow have certainly developed a nice rapport already, and that's a very important thing for Burrow. And I think we I don't know if we talked about it off-air or if we talked about it earlier in the show. Burrow just looks more confident. You know, I know in the preseason and in week one, he was kind of thrown off his back foot a little bit, not necessarily sure he wanted to step into throws. Stepped into some today, stepped into a couple to Jamar Chase as well. But how about this, Brady? Pittsburgh had 40 more pass attempts than the Bengals in this game. The Bengals had two more yards per play, 6.4 to 4.4. So that speaks to a complete lack of efficiency for the Pittsburgh offense. And look, Najee Harris is a great player. He is. But if he's being targeted 19 times in a game, that game did not go well for you. And it didn't go well for Pittsburgh today. Well, and there was a there was a call, I believe it was late in the first half, when they threw a little swing pass out to him on 4th and 10. I mean, what kind of play is that? Uh, and, and I agree with you. I think they're relying too much on Najee Harris. And maybe, you know, Deontay Johnson was, of course, out of the game at wide receiver for Pittsburgh today. Uh, but you still have uh, Smith-Schuster, and you still have Chase Claypool. 
Um, I, I thought they relied too much on Harris, and you can't wear this guy down. I mean, uh, you know, he's trying to run the ball as well against, you know, with a weak offensive line in front of him. Um, you know, I would hate to see this young guy just get overworked in his rookie season, but uh, they really don't seemingly have another option because the offense looked awful today. Yeah, the offense looked really, really bad, and and also Ben Roethlisberger, he had the tackle on the interception, got up a little bit slow. We know he's had the pectoral injury already. Uh, then he throws the ball 58 times here today. So you know, things not looking good for the Steelers long-term, and I know that defensively they have to make some adjustments when T.J. Watt's not able to be out there, but T.J. Watt doesn't play on offense, Brady, and this is an offense that just has a bevy of problems right now, and I don't know if things get better because, honestly, the arm talent just doesn't look there for Ben anymore. I think he's just worn down at this point in his career. Yeah, you know, I think they won that game against Buffalo, and they were definitely competitive for the first half against the Las Vegas Raiders in Week 2 because you had T.J. Watt involved. And, I, you know, we use the term game changer. I think he absolutely, truly is a game changer. Uh, and he can kind of, you know, be the glue of that defense, put pressure on the other team's quarterback, and then the offense can be a little bit pedestrian because he's doing the work on the other side of the ball. Uh, but uh, obviously he was not in the game today, and uh, that was a big part of why Pittsburgh went down to the Bengals. But credit to the Bengals. I thought they looked really good. And the Bengals' defense has really shown up this season as well. I thought they were pretty impressive today. The uh, 49ers, by the way, uh, Brandon Ayuk misses a Jimmy Garoppolo pass there that would have been a touchdown. And Garoppolo has had some problems with Ayuk in the past. Uh, we saw one in the preseason that should have been caught by Ayuk for a touchdown. And I know Jimmy wasn't happy about that, nor was Coach Kyle Shanahan. And he dropped an easy one right there. So uh, two seconds left now in the half, and it'll be third and goal for the 49ers. And uh, this is our first uh, sighting of Trey Lance, Adam. Trey Lance into the ball game for the San Francisco 49ers. We talked about possibly seeing him, and there's a Trey Lance touchdown. So Kyle Shanahan calls the number of his number three overall pick, the rookie Trey Lance, and San Francisco's on the board with six. Yeah, I mean, credit to Kyle Shanahan here because I, I agree with him that three was not enough. You had to get seven on this possession, and you know, well, at least six, and now they come out of halftime with the football, and do they come out of halftime with Trey Lance? I think it's kind of a question now. Ah, well, you know, I think obviously that was a situational spot because of his ability to run the ball and, uh, you know, and, and maybe put Green Bay on their heels a little bit. They probably figured they were going to have some sort of running package for him in that situation, but, uh, you know, probably not a whole lot of time to repair there or prepare there in a goal line situation for the Packer defense. It pays off for San Francisco and Robbie Gould tacks on the extra points. So 17 to 7 is where we will go to the halftime break between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, the Bengals will host the Jaguars on Thursday night in week four. The Steelers will visit the Green Bay Packers. The Packers were made a two and a half point favorite over Pittsburgh this summer, Adam. I think they're going to be a little higher. I think so, too. Yeah, that <laughs> one's going to be up quite a bit, I think. All right. Uh, Sunday night football, of course, the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers, 17-7 to at the break. Green Bay leads this one by 10, and the current in-game spread is Green Bay by 4.5, your in-game total now at 48.5. How about the Bears and the Browns, your Cleveland Browns, Adam? That was pretty impressive, and it looked like Chicago was going to uh, give them some trouble very early in the game, started off. Just 3-3. Three to three. There was some wind there in Cleveland today. A lot of professional bettors I know pounded the under in this game, and that turned out to be a winner. 
Um, but then it was Miles Garrett getting all after Justin Fields. He was sacked eight times, was the rookie quarterback. This, of course, his starting debut for the Chicago Bears with Andy Dalton on the shelf with a bruised knee. Miles Garrett had four and a half of those sacks, and that was a little bit of my handicap of this game. I thought we've seen rookie quarterbacks struggle so far, and I figured Justin Fields would too. Yeah, 47 total yards for the Chicago Bears wow. in this game today. They had six first downs, one of 11 on third down. And the thing of it is, I mean, I don't, I can't really pin this one on Justin Fields either. He, that no. offensive line was awful. Oh, I mean, they yeah. were really, really bad. So that kid didn't even have a chance to go through his progressions, didn't really have a chance to do much of anything in this game. And Cleveland, once again, you know, not an eye-popping offensive performance necessarily, but very methodical, mixed the pass, mixed the run. I'm a little bit concerned at how much Baker Mayfield's had to be running around here over the last couple of games because he's not a great runner. But, you know, Cleveland's got plenty of weapons. And, you know, I think also, too, this offense kind of changed a little bit with Jarvis Landry gone. Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry is that safety blanket. He's that third down guy. He's that possession receiver that Baker looks to almost all the time. And it's kind of changed a little bit here. And it feels like, to me, teams have kind of adjusted to the Austin Hooper, the David Njoku, the Harrison Bryant thing where Baker hasn't been able to target those guys as much as he would like. I think Kevin Stefanski's got to really button up this offense here before they start playing some better teams. I thought Odell Beckham Jr. was pretty good today. He was. That back shoulder throw that he had, I think it was on a third down, third and medium, something like that. Loved it. Loved those back shoulder throws. And it's nice to see Baker have that kind of relationship with Odell coming back off the injury. I thought it was pretty impressive. And like you said, methodical, efficient. I thought there was a coaching mismatch. I thought the rookie quarterback, uh, you know, I I thought Dalton would actually be a a better situation for the Chicago Bears than Justin Fields would be. And, um, you know, that remains to be seen, but not a good day for Fields, sacked eight times by that Cleveland defense. The Browns will be at the Vikings in week four, and the Bears will host the Detroit Lions. Uh, Let's talk about the Jets and the Broncos. We talked a little bit about the Jets, and I think their defense has been playing well. Uh, that's really every game this season. They held the Panthers to 19. They held the Patriots to 25, forced them into four field goals, forced the Denver Broncos into four field goals on the road today. So Robert Sala really getting it done on that side of the ball, but the offense has absolutely been absent. They did not show up again today. 26 to nothing, your final. Uh, but Denver, they're 3-0. and We'll talk about more of this on the other side, but uh, that team looks pretty darn good. Teddy Bridgewater makes a difference. They look composed. They're actually moving the football up and down the field. They're making good third down calls. They look like a pretty formidable team right now. The only knock on the Denver Broncos right now, they've beaten the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Giants. Not exactly murderer's row. We'll talk about it more on the other side of the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSIN. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN experts live and breathe sports betting, and we've assembled the best team here in Vegas, the gambling capital of the world. Our unique approach helps you learn how to become a better handicapper. We go beyond picks and predictions to discuss the numbers and a net, 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 discuss the numbers and a at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.